This is a Hog Sports Network podcast. Everyone, welcome into the Basketball Podcast of Mid-America. Today is Thursday, February 8th, and the Arkansas basketball team is 2-7 and seven in SEC play, uh, most recently losing big at LSU. Uh, the Razorbacks are officially off to their worst start in conference play since the second season of John Pelfrey uh, in 2008-09 when they started 1-8 and eight and finished 2-14 and 14 in league play. Uh, the good news, Arkansas will definitely have at least two wins this year, so they can't have less than that year under Pelfrey. But the bad news, the SEC schedule is now 18 games, so they could potentially have more losses than that year. The even worse news, this season just simply did not pan out how anyone thought it would. Uh, And barring an absurd run in the SEC tournament, the Razorbacks will not be dancing in 2024. Everyone, thanks for tuning in. I'm Ethan Westerman, happy to be joined by Bob Holt of the Arkansas Democrat Gazette here next to me, and across from me, Anthony Christensen of WholeHogSports.com. And then, as always, we have Blake Sutton uh, there in the back running the board for the show. But like I said, Baba, this just hasn't been the year that anybody expected. Uh, You wrote last night a really good piece about uh, really just breaking down that preseason AP poll, how everyone was high on the Hogs, but and yourself included, Bob is a voter, um, but y'all all got it wrong, Bob. Yeah, very, very wrong. I point out the coaches also were wrong, so it's not just the dumb writers. It's also the the coaches. But both, uh, I don't know if the coaches just followed what the writers did, but both preseason polls had Arkansas number 14, and then when Arkansas lost at home to UNC Greensboro, they dropped to 20th, and then they went to – the uh, Bahamas and played some really good teams. We went one and two out there, losing to Carolina, North Carolina, and I guess we say Carolina. We got to include South Carolina. Now they're good too. So lost to North Carolina and Memphis. Uh, went double OT to beat Stanford. And they they haven't ranked since. And obviously, uh, as you helped correct me on in in the net yesterday, and maybe it's changed today. They they were one twenty nine. So they had uh, ascended two spots yesterday from number one thirty one. Oh wow. Yeah. And they didn't even play, so I mean, I don't know. Maybe they, they, the uh, they heard Devo was back, so hey, let's <laughs> move him up two spots. I don't know, but yeah, it's, it's basically been a disaster of a season, a train wreck, a dumpster fire, whatever uh, you know motif you want to use. It's it's been bad. Yeah, and you know, kind of explained us. I mean, you talked to a lot of the voters who uh, you know joined joined you in voting that preseason. What made everybody? I mean, Arkansas lost you know, some really great pieces. Four guys that have played in the NBA this season were on that roster last year. Um, so I guess, I mean, there were somewhat of red flags there, but, you know, everybody still felt confident in the Hogs. Why is that? I think, you know, and, and the short answer is Eric Musselman's track record. Um, you know, he's going into his, his ninth year as, as a college head coach the previous eight years at Nevada and Arkansas. He'd always won at least 20 games. We There was no tournament in 2020 because of, of COVID. And, you know, Arkansas would have had to have won probably one, maybe two more SEC tournament games to have a shot to get in there as a bubble team. But the last six times they've had a tournament, Eric Musselman's had a team there in two Elite Eights and two Sweet Sixteens. And he's done that largely by utilizing the transfer portal. He's, you know, last year, obviously, Anthony Black was a freshman signing, Nick Smith. Jordan Walsh, all NBA draft picks, but uh, you know primarily you, know, you go to the Martin Twins in Nevada, and then guys like like Ricky Council last year, like like Justin Smith. Uh, you can go on and on. 
you know, J.D. Note, name a lot of guys, he's really uh, excelled in signing guys, you know, getting guys from the portal and then meshing them together as a team. And so I think everybody thought, well, he's done it the last eight years. Why wouldn't he do it in year number nine? It just hadn't worked out. Maybe these players were overrated uh, by the media and, you know, the coaches. Maybe uh, they just haven't meshed together for whatever reason. Um, I think, you know, not to throw anybody in their bus, but Trevor Brazil, I mean, he was a first-team all-conference pick. I think, you know, coming off knee surgery, we all thought he'd be have a great year. He had 19 points, 11 rebounds against Duke. We haven't seen that guy in a while. And he's, you know, been out with knee soreness. Devo Davis, you know, just back with the team now. But he's had a rough year. A Caleb Battle in and out of the lineup. You know, some, you know, he scored 25 points in one game and 21 in four others. And he's had games where he didn't play. One game he didn't play at all against A&M and they won. And he didn't play the second half against LSU. And you've had, you know, Keon Menefield scored 32 in one game, didn't play in another. I mean, it's just been really erratic rotation, and I get Eric's trying to push every button he can, but, um, yeah, I think everybody believed that Eric Musselman's track record and, and thought they had added pretty good talent, and, but there's really nobody on this team. You know, like, like I said, they have four guys from last year's team that have played at least some in the NBA this year as rookies. I don't think there's anybody on this team you expect to be in the NBA next season. You know, Trent Brazil has a lot of upside, and he might get drafted and have a shot. But, um, yeah, but basically this team just has nowhere. What we're seeing, I think, and what we have to accept is that this team has nowhere near the talent last year's team did. Yeah, and there's one thing I know about this team this year. It's the moment you think you might have something figured out about them, you really don't. It's a, it's an up-and-down thing, and this past week was a – just another example of that. Anthony, you've only been here a short amount of time, and we joked last week uh, – we joked last week that the Hogs were 1-0 in the Anthony era uh, here on the beat because they had that win at Missouri. They're now 1-1, though, so uh, that broke your perfect little record, it and uh, it was not necessarily a pretty way to end the record. I think <laughs> LSU was uh, up 28 late. like they, It was a 21-point margin at the end of it, and I think that was kind considering how that game went. LSU was up 21 or 28 late, and then Arkansas, Arkansas scored seven in a row. You know, in the final minute, kind of, I mean, they got their seven points from stealing it from the LSU, like, walk-ons is what it looked like while they're just trying to hold the ball to run the clock out. So 21 points was maybe kind. Uh, that was not a close game. What were some of your takeaways from that beatdown, man? Yeah, no, so, I mean, that would have been LSU's largest win over Arkansas ever if Tremont Bers- or Trevin- ah. <laughs> Tremont Mark didn't get that steal there at the end. Um, get my names mixed up. I'm new. Please forgive me. Um, but yeah, I mean, the turnovers are obviously killer. I mean, LSU 19 points off turnovers. I mean, and just, it kind of goes back to the, the offensive efficiency kind of, uh, that I wrote about against, against Missouri, because it was a lot better, um, than what it had been. Um, and then against LSU, it just was not good. Um, I mean, 24, 55 from the field is not, you know, necessarily a very great (laughs) number, um, three of 13 from the three-point line, it's not good. 23 of 33 from the free throw line, I mean, not ideal. Um, and then, like I, like I mentioned, obviously, the uh, the turnovers. I mean, 12 turnovers isn't, you know, an astronomical amount, but when you're giving up 19 points on 12 turnovers, it's not, uh, not great. So, I mean, I think I look at offensively, it's just it, – it, it, they look kind of lost at times, I think. And, uh, and I know I – 
obviously I wrote my game story about, you know, the defense and how they, you know, they can't guard a dribble drive or they can't guard the three-point line. Um, Will Baker obviously went crazy in that game. I was trying to I, – I, I think they were a little underappreciated. I was tweeting some Will Baker puns like Will Chamberlain Baker or Will LeBron James Baker. I thought, <laughs> I thought they were funny. But he was – obviously he was ridiculous. Um, 9 of 11 from the field. I mean, just nobody really picking up on him, especially there in the first half. And, uh, you know, that's kind of what kind of got the scoreline kind of building and – there was just really no coming back from that. Yeah, Bob. Whenever you're, uh, you Bob writes, uh, you know, game previews always, um, and you're always doing the box score or the the, the mm. projected lineups and everything, looking at their stats. Uh, did you see a Will Baker game like that coming from just looking at his season? Was that just out of the blue? No, I mean, I think he was averaging just over 11 points in SEC play. He'd been two of ten on threes. I think maybe he was nine of 30 on the season. Now, he did score 29 on Mississippi Valley State in the opener, and hopefully nobody will ever uh, confuse Arkansas with Mississippi <laughs> Valley State, all due respect to Mississippi Valley State. But, um, no, and, and, you know, he was a guy that originally, I think, had gone to Texas and, and played at Nevada, and he's a solid player. He's a seven-footer. But, yeah, I mean, when you've hit two three-pointers in seven SEC games, you got to remember they played one fewer than Arkansas going into that game. They were three and four. And then you hit three, like, in about a two-minute span in the first half. Um, you know, I think they, 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 he did some pick-and-pop stuff, and Arkansas just didn't get out on him. And then he hit, and I think he was feeling good. And they were, you know, Michael Williams, their freshman, hit some threes. I, I just think they started getting a lot of confidence. And, and I'm sure Arkansas was kind of going, well, here we go again, even if they were trying not to do that. It's hard not to do that when you've gotten hammered a lot. And, yeah, Baker ends up 9 of 11, 4 of 5. Eric was reciting the stats saying, well, that's hard to do alone in the gym. I mean, you think about a guy who's just out there, you know, shooting by himself after practice or before practice, hitting four, 4 out of 5 threes is not easy to do unless, unless you're, you know, Steph Curry or something. And, uh, yeah, he was just he just killed him. That was, you know, Eric uh, speculated that was a career high, and that, that was a good thought. He actually, like I say, had scored 29 against uh, Mississippi Valley State. It's probably a record for mentions from Mississippi Valley State on this podcast. <laughs> and then he, when he was at Nevada last year, he scored 28 against New Mexico, which is a good team, but um, that was double overtime. So I don't know how much he scored in double overtime, but, but that was the most he'd scored in, in an SEC game this year, you know, by far. And, um, yeah, you just couldn't picture that happening. But, you know, Arkansas uh, just didn't get out on him, and he got hot and was feeling good and just, just kept – you know, that basket gets pretty big when, when you got a big lead and you're at home and you're just, you know, kind of feeling no pain out there doing heat check stuff. And he just, yeah, I mean, that that, that really sums up the game to me as a guy, a big guy averaging, you know, shooting 20% on three-pointers, uh, hits four out of five, shoots 80%, and just basically destroys Arkansas in the first half, scores 17 points. The first half was essentially the game. You know, the, the game's over. You know, LSU's game, set, match. Yep. Anthony, you got something? I do, yes. I, I don't know if I should, like, raise my hand more often or I, I don't know. Yeah, I thought that was funny. But uh, I, if I remember correctly, there were a lot of shooting fouls as well that Arkansas kind of committed, obviously. I mean, you hold Jordan Wright to, you know, one one field goal in the whole game. That's probably a good sign as opposed to, uh, you know, getting blown out. But the big thing that you look at when you look at Jordan Wright's numbers from that game, he still finished 13 points because he got to the free throw line 
11 times. Um, so a lot of shooting fouls, a lot of stuff like that. And, and um, yeah, I think that's something that I should have mentioned earlier, but that w that's, you know, a big, a big thing that I kind of noticed, especially, you know, when you look at, you know, kind of trends throughout the season. Yeah, I'm about to say, um, we've talked about this a lot of times on this podcast this year. Arkansas has struggled just not fouling all year. I don't even know where they stack up now. It's like they were so low that I was like, oh, it's not even worth like checking this anymore. You just know they're going to be down here for a while. But yeah, for sure. They, uh, struggle at times of just defending without fouling. Before we go to a break, uh, I want to ask y'all real quick, um, you know, aside from the Razorbacks clunker of a game, you know, that at least got out of the way pretty early. It was an 11 a.m. tip-off, so, you know, had our little brunch hour uh, beat down. Um, did any of you guys get to enjoy uh, what otherwise was just an awesome slate of college hoops? Oh, man. I mean, we mentioned it last episode, man. I'm a hoop head. I, I spent, like, the whole rest of the day just watching basketball, which is, I mean, that's, like, my ideal. Like, that's chef ki chef's kiss. That Indiana State-Drake game, <laughs> oh, my goodness. You mean to tell me why was... we were watching Ken uh, okay, okay, Kentucky-Tennessee, well, you were watching Drake-Indiana State? Hey, multiple screens, my friend. Okay. <laughs> you do get a pass multiple, multiple screens, but, I mean, <coughs> I'm going to preach this to the mountaintops. The Missouri Valley should be a multi-bid league this year. Drake and Indiana State should both be in. Um, but, I mean, I mean, that day was just – I mean, you had – I think that was the same day Duke Carolina was going on. I mean, it's just so many good games that day. It was like – Game of the day happened in Waco – Texas. Um, if anybody saw that finish, I'm not even gonna. I'm not even gonna spoil to y'all what happened. Just go back and watch the last like two minutes of that game and enjoy it. It's just, it just bask in how good of a finish that game was. Bob, you you get any other hoops games in on Saturday? Yeah, I, I'm an SEC guy, so I watched uh, Kentucky Tennessee. Obviously, very impressed with Tennessee. Really, really, you know, scoring 103. I think it was. You know, we we all know Kentucky's not not a defensive. Dynamo, but they, they can get up and score. But that, that was a really good win for Tennessee. And it was interesting because both teams were coming in off losses, you know, which is pretty rare. South Carolina had, had gone to Knoxville and won. And um, I remember who Kentucky lost to. They lost to somebody. Um, not Arkansas. Um, and they, they, they took care of business against Vandy this week with, with, with a big game. I thought they might score 150 points there for a while, the way they were going. But <laughs> Um, yeah, that, that was a high-level game. You know, Alabama, Auburn, uh, Auburn really took it to Alabama in the second half um, last night. That that was a good game. You think about the Iron Bowl, but that's become a really good basketball rivalry. But, yeah, Saturday was fun. Yeah, if the Hogs were going to lay an egg, man, do it early, get it out of the way, and, yeah, like I say, we, we can enjoy hoops the rest of the day, watch some good basketball. I mean, just yeah. – I mean – an almost divine Saturday of basketball, yeah. man. That was just – and that, that, that Iowa State-Baylor game, oh, my goodness. By the way, Bob, I think Kentucky's loss that you were referencing, I think they lost to Florida. That's right. It's Nova weird. They, they beat Florida in Gainesville and lost to them in, um, in, in Rupp, which is just – but it's like LSU won at A&M and then A&M won at LSU. Sometimes college basketball just doesn't make sense. We'll talk more about SEC predictions later on. Um, but just a, a, a little teaser, I think Kentucky, if they don't learn how to defend, is really, they got a long road ahead. But we're going to cut to a break now, and when we come back, we'll have another edition of Stump the Bob. Um, so hang tight, you don't want to go anywhere. Get the latest breaking news on all Arkansas Razorback sports at wholehogsports.com. Our award-winning reporters and photographers go beyond game recaps to bring our subscribers the most trusted Razorbacks news anywhere. 
with expert analysis, the latest in recruiting, plus unique and compelling stories of your favorite teams. Subscribe today at wholehogsports.com. All right, welcome back in to the Basketball Podcast of Mid-America. We are back with Stump the Bob. Uh, no pressure, Bob, but if, if I'm not just wrong on this, you are 0-2 right now, so it's time to step it up. It's time to make your run to get a, a bid to the knowledge big dance or whatever. Uh, I think last week I said we know that a turnaround is in store for you. Um, it starts today, though, so no pressure. The knowledge big dance. I love it. <laughs> All right, Bob. So, like Ethan said, you're 0-2, but today's trivia question is worth three points. So you could you could go positive if you get this one right. Arkansas has been to six Final Fours in their history. What year was their first Final Four? I'm going to say 1944. Oh, so close. Oh. I'll give you. I'll give you a hint. World War Two. Okay. Well, I, World War Two is during 1944. So <laughs> um, I know. Are we talking about uh, when it started? When the Germans invaded Poland, or when the <laughs> when Japanese the, bombed Pearl Harbor? Or the, could you give me a? When the U.S. entered the war. Okay, that would be 19. Well, it was 1941, I guess. That's correct. Okay. 1941. There we go. Um, I, I think we need to give Bob. That was, you, you were so close that we almost don't need to count a loss, but we aren't giving you a win. You know what I mean? Like, just, just call it. This didn't exist. We can't get we can't give him the win, but I can give him like a side point that he can use later in the season to to get positive. Okay. <laughs> just put that away for a rainy yeah. day or something. Uh, but it was interesting. So back then. That was actually Arkansas's first NCAA tournament, but back then there was only eight teams. So to make the Final Four, you just had to win one game. They were already in the Elite Eight. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's funny. If they, Arkansas counts 1941 as an Elite Eight appearance, which is, I, I mean, it's a little strange, but Arkansas, go ahead. Oh, let's see. Who won the very first NCAA tournament? Oh, I'm not. I'm not sure. I don't have that information in front of me. But in this one, in 1941, Arkansas's first Final Four, uh, Wisconsin beat Washington State in the national championship, and Washington State is who beat Arkansas in the Final Four. But the top scorer in the tournament was Johnny Adams from Arkansas. In two games, he averaged 24 points a game, uh, which was which was kind of interesting to me that he averaged 24 points a game because if you look at the final score in the national championship, it was Wisconsin 39 and Washington State 34. In the final, which was, which was, you know, str- pretty strange to have a such a low scoring final, but yeah, it was yeah. the 40s. No, no, no shot clock. I, they probably didn't use peach baskets, but we're not talking about uh, shot clock. No three pointers. You know, a lot, a lot of passing. But yeah, the first national title. What what year? I think it was 39. Yeah, I got no another idea. hint. I want to try this. West West Coast team. Oh, UCLA. Oh, was it no. San Fr- Was it San Francisco? Um, no. think farther north. Washington. Think farther south. Stanford. Oregon. Stanford. Oregon. Yes. Ah. Now that's a good piece of trivia. That's I'm going to give you stuff. Right. Bob for 
for that little nugget, I'm going to give you an extra side point. Okay, <laughs> that's good. Later down the road. Bob. So you are 0 2, but you have two side points that you can use okay. later. And remember, remember those. Save those for a no, rainy I day. Will, yeah. For a rainy day, all right? It's like phone a friend or whatever. Mm-hmm. What, who wants to be a millionaire? Is that show still on in syndication or something? Or? It's probably on the game show channel, yeah, right? That's so. a thing, I think. Well, regardless. Uh, this was a stronger showing from Bob today because he showed he was on the right track. Like, 44-41, I mean, come on now. That's so close together. We're dealing with a... How many years ago is that, guys? We're dealing with, like, 80 years ago. Um, You know, so I'll give it to you. That was was nice. Um, Back to talking about this year's Razorbacks. Uh, (laughs) We might talk about the 1941 basketball season again sometime (laughs) soon, but we'll, we'll fast forward to 2024. The big news of the week, guys, Devo Davis is back with the team. Um, We don't know why he stepped away. Uh, We aren't here to speculate why he stepped away. All we know is he missed three games, and now he's back. So, Bob, you listened to Eric Musselman's uh, radio show, and you heard him break the news on it. Uh, Just what did Eric say then? Yeah, he basically said he was back with the team, that they'd had a very, paraphrasing, they'd had a really good meeting on Sunday in his office. Eric's office. I don't think Devo has an office. Maybe he does at home. How is the home office? And he's, then Eric said they went and lifted weights together. So I guess that's a good, you know, seal the deal thing. You're coming back now. Let's go pump some iron. And then, uh, you know, the team was off Sunday. Uh, but uh, my guess is there are probably some guys shooting around. He said Devo went into the gym and, and got some shots up. And then he had a good practice Monday. He said he tweaked his ankle a little bit, and some other guys did. He didn't name who they were. But he said that happens sometimes when you have a long physical practice. And he hoped everybody would be ready for for uh, Saturday. But, yeah, I think with several days for the next game, they probably got after a pretty good in practice. If they had had a game Tuesday or Wednesday, they they probably would not have scrimmaged. They you know, wanted to make sure everybody stayed healthy. But, yeah, I didn't expect that news. Uh, you know, he doesn't normally break news like that on his radio show, but it got everybody scrambling, I think. And um, But he, he's he's just on the brief radio reference, he sounded very upbeat and excited about having Devo back. said he was excited, thought Devo was excited to be back, thought the team, team was excited to have him back. So we'll see how it plays out. Well, talking about going at it in practice, um, there are many things that I think the average fan would say they hope that they're going hard in practice to try and improve. And at the forefront really might be the three-point defense. Bob, you, uh, as Bob always does, you really broke it down well in a story um, how even when Games Arkansas won, the three-point defense hasn't always been great this year. Well, yeah, you know, the Aggies who can't hit the broad side of a barn, <laughs> um, they shoot like, I don't know, 29% on threes or something. And, and they start off that game one for 15, and they still almost won. But uh, – uh, Wade Taylor had a monster game, 41 points. Um, you know, Arkansas had blown a 20-point lead, and then he split two defenders, kind of leaning in, hits a three to give A&M their only lead, 77-76, with like seven-something seconds left. And you're thinking, they're going to lose this game on a freaking three-pointer. And then, you know, thankfully for Arkansas and the fans and everybody's sanity, they, 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 Tremont Mark hit a great shot, and they won in the end. But, yeah, out of nine SEC opponents, seven of them, shot the three better percentage-wise against Arkansas than their season average. And, you know, Missouri, two of them were pretty, you know, Missouri shoots 30%, they shot 50%. You know, LSU's been a good three-point shooting team. They shot 37% on the season. They shot 52-something against Arkansas. Um, South Carolina, 
I think had was shooting like 26% in their first four SEC games. They shot 50% against Arkansas. So it's like if your three-point shooting is ailing, come to play the Razorbacks because they'll, they'll, they'll get you going again. And so it's just, you know, the, I think the frustrating thing for Eric is they haven't defended the three well at all, which has been a trademark of their team. His very first team, which was small, uh, they held opponents to 27% three-point shooting, which led the nation. And the, the I think I don't think opponents have shot better than – 33% against them in any other season. Well, in SEC play, opponents are shooting 39% against Irish, over 39%. I mean, they're almost better off just taking threes all the time, you know. Yeah, and, I, might uh, just, I might just go out there and see yeah. how my shot starts looking. Um, but, but, yeah, they haven't defended the three. They haven't defended the dribble drive. They can't seem to – you know, Eric says he thinks maybe guys are are a little hesitant to get out to the three-point line because they're worried about a guy who's going to drive by him. But I'm, I'm thinking, say, look, either get out there and guard him or, or stop the dribble drive, but you can't give up both. But that's been – I mean, you could look through any Eric post-game transcript and almost uh, inevitably you'll find a quote to the effect that we haven't guarded the three all year long, uh, insert name of person who asked the question. And so uh, it's just been an ongoing situation. has not gotten better. Um, maybe the guys just don't have the the quickness and the, the lateral moves. Maybe they don't have the length to defend the three as well as past teams have. And um, and Eric also talked about this on his radio show that in the past, you know, yeah, obviously they had you know talented young players like Jordan Walsh, Anthony Black, you know, Ricky Council wasn't young, but but he was a junior. And these are guys, uh, but especially the freshmen, Jordan Walsh, really good defensive player. They uh, hadn't developed bad habits. You know, they really seem to pick up on Arkansas's defensive concepts. And he says sometimes it can be, you know, maybe tougher for older guys to break some habits and start doing what, what the Arkansas coaches want them to do. So I think some of these guys just had trouble picking up on what they need to do, and some of them maybe just don't have the physical abilities to do what, what, uh, what, what would help. Well, speaking of uh, shooting the three, um, Georgia, I mean, they're not known for it, but they are capable three-point shooters. They have some on the team for sure. Um, that's who Arkansas has next. Um, Anthony, Bob, you can both bounce off each other of what you know about the Bulldogs. I know, Anthony, you said that you there's one player on their team that you kind of, you know, you you got to cover a little bit third-hand, right? I, I did, yes. R.J. Sunahara, he's one of my favorite players in all of Division One basketball because last year when I was living in Evansville, I got to cover the Division Two National Championship game. He was playing for Nova Southeastern, and, I mean, he was just a weapon. I mean, that guy couldn't miss. Um, kind of led his team to, I mean, one of the most exciting games I've ever watched in person, honestly. Uh, won the national title, undefeated season for for Nova Southeastern, now obviously a Georgia. I mean, he's a guy who can score in all three levels, hasn't played. He's kind of been inconsistent in his minutes since he made the jump up to uh, jump up to Georgia, obviously Division II, even national championship level Division II, to the SEC. I mean, that's a huge jump, but he's still beca- he's still been, you know, a productive guy, a good a good guy to have on the team for sure. Um, he's, he's, he's a ton of fun to watch when he gets going, and he's kind of in his own. Um, and before the show, we obviously we mentioned uh, Jabri Abdurrahim, uh, mentioning three-point defense. I mean, he's somebody who can hit the three, shooting almost 39% from three this season. Um, so talking about defending the three, he's uh, obviously going to be somebody who they're going to have to you know, keep their eyes on, uh, Arkansas, that is. Um, but... Yeah, R.J. Sunohara just kind of personally loved loved watching him play at the, the Division II National Championship. So 
when I saw him uh, go Division One, let alone SEC, I was very excited. Um, and then obviously, Abdur Rahim is a he's 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 a lot of fun to watch. Him, RJ Melendez. I mean, Georgia's got a lot of weapons. I mean, don't let the four game losing streak kind of uh, you know uh, fool you. Uh, I mean, Blue Kane can hit threes. He's a good good freshman they have. Uh, I mean, they got a lot of guys who can hurt you. Obviously, they took it to you know Alabama um, before Alabama eventually came back in that game. Um, but I think they had like a 17-point lead at one point, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so, I mean, this is a team that has a lot of weapons. Obviously, um, Arkansas already knows that, having gone down to Athens and lost. But, uh, yeah, it should be. There's a, there's a lot of a lot of challenges. I'm I'm going I'm kind of rambling at this point. So Bob, you take take the mic for me. Bob, you got <laughs> a final thought on Georgia? <clears throat> well, the, the good news for Arkansas is that Georgia, along with A&M, were one of two SEC teams to shoot three pointers worse against Arkansas than their season average. Uh, I think the Bulldogs shoot about, at least before last night they were shooting 36 some percent from threes, which which is very good. They they had nine out of 27 against Arkansas. Those of you math majors know that would be 33.3 percent. Point three, repeating, repeating, repeating. Um, but yeah, and they did a good job. Uh, uh, Abdul Rahim, he he was one of six, but uh, Justice Hill and um, Noah Thomas, I think, were both three of five or three of six. So those were two guys. You know, it's like Eric says, you you want to stop the cold star, but you can't let the supporting guys, you know, uh, have have big games. You you got to try to to guard everybody. So um, yeah, that that was a game that. Uh, uh, Arkansas got with you know they got down big and then they they got within three they had a shot to win so I really think here in Walton Arena with a full week to get ready with Georgia playing their second road game after a late game at Starkville I really think it sets up well for Arkansas on paper but um, obviously we know they don't play the game on paper right they play it on that hardwood court um, but I think it's important for Arkansas to get off off to a good start keep the fans engaged I'll be curious to see what kind of crowd it is I mean you kind of wonder where the where the fans' heads are at this point. We know the game's sold out, but are, are people going to actually, you know, come up from Fort Smith or Little Rock or Russellville or, you know, will they drive down from Bentonville? I, you know, I, I don't know. I, it's an SEC game. It's a Saturday. It, it's the Razorbacks, um, so we'll see. But, um, you know, obviously the, the, this team's struggling. But it, it it's definitely a, a, I think it's a game Arkansas should win. Doesn't mean they're going to because – there's some other games I thought they should win or at least be more competitive in, and it didn't work out that way. Well, I said earlier in the show we're going to do a little bit of SEC prediction. We're going to go fast with this. Um, we're, we're nine games into the SEC schedule. It's 18, so we're halfway through. Give me who you think is going to win and maybe a chal- and a challenger, but why you don't think the challenger is going event- to ultimately win. I'm going to start us off. We'll go me, Bob, Anthony, and wrap it up with Blake. I'm going to say I, I like Tennessee. I've liked Tennessee all year. I think that's probably the safe answer right now is Tennessee. I love Kentucky offensively, but that defense, I watched that game Saturday. It is really hard to watch a lot of times. Tennessee, uh, I mean, it was kind of on par for Kentucky to score a lot of points against Tennessee, but Tennessee's a much better defensive team than probably that game indicated. So I like, I like the Vols to win. Kentucky is my next challenger, Bob. Uh, just so I don't uh... – Glom onto what you did. Uh, never thought I'd be saying this. I don't think South Carolina. They've already got a sig- probably the best win in the league at Tennessee. They beat Kentucky at home. Um, they seem to be playing with a lot of confidence. Honestly, they remind me of some of Eric's Arkansas teams in that they really are good defensively. Nope, they never seem to give up you know over sixty five points. 
Um, so anytime you're playing good defense, you're, you're going to give yourselves a shot. The fact they came here and won with Michi Johnson, their big score, not having a good game. I, I think they've had some big wins where he did he didn't score. You know, Eric said on his radio show, they thought Taylon Cooper, their point guard, who they got from Minnesota, was the MVP of the league. Now I would say Dolan Connect would probably be hard not to pick him. <laughs> but uh, I'm sure when they Arkansas plays Tennessee next week, Eric Dolan Connect will be the MVP of the league. But um, yeah, I'm, I'll go with South Carolina. It's interesting because Rick Barnes, I think, actually said the same thing about Taylon Cooper after they got beat by him. Uh, Anthony? Oh, there's so many teams that could win. I'm happy you said South Carolina because I do want to say Lamont Paris, Coach of the Year, and I don't think it's much a debate. Um, picked last in the league, now currently in first place. I mean, what he's done, I mean, this season especially, has just been you know, remarkable. Um, that being said, I do kind of find it hard to look past Tennessee. I mean, you look at you know, what Dalton Connect has kind of done since he's come in. Um, I mean, he's just almost unstoppable. Um, I mean, I, I it, there's so many teams that could challenge. I think Auburn's somebody you, ha- you have to look out for. I mean, Alabama obviously can win some games. Kentucky, you mentioned the defense, not exactly stellar. Um, but, I mean, you've got, what is it, five teams separated by one game right now? Yeah. I mean, the, the top of the league is, is loaded. <laughs> um, um, I'll say South Carolina is probably my, my challenger. Um, but I could see them kind of dropping the road game to Auburn, uh, maybe dropping the return game against Tennessee, um, and maybe having a hiccup against, you know, a Florida or a Texas A&M or an Ole Miss, just cause I mean, those are obviously, you know, very capable teams, but I am gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna lean like an inch over towards Tennessee. So we've got two Tennessee, Bob gave us South Carolina, Blake wrap us up. Who's your... SEC favorite? I'm going to go with South Carolina as well. Um, what a Cinderella story. You know, picked last in the SEC, and now they're sitting at the top of the SEC. They're 20-3 and three overall, 8-2 and two in conference. Pretty nuts. And um, I think my backup's going to be Auburn. Auburn looks really good. I looked up last night, and they were up by 20 against Alabama. Alabama's really good, too. So. All right, there you have it. We have a split between the Vols and the Gamecocks, uh, so surely we'll be right. But (laughs) until next week, as for Ethan Westerman, Bob Holt, Anthony Christensen, and Blake Sutton, thanks for listening to another episode of the Basketball Podcast of Mid-America.